one group of friends. No idea. One big dream. From the loos to the booze to the cues. What goes into making a festival happen? Can we pull it off? Welcome to How to Build a Festival. Hi Ross, hi Rachel, and welcome to our podcast. Hi! Hi Kat. So before we start, let's take a minute to let our audience know what we're doing here. Absolutely. So we are creating a podcast as we go through the process of trying to build a festival from the ground up. Yeah, we've been to many festivals over the years, from Glastonbury through to tiny street festivals, and we've talked for years about whether we could ever start a festival of our own. Absolutely. Uh, But we don't know how. So together as friends, Ross, Rachel and I will be taking you episode by episode through the experience of learning all about it and trying to make it happen. Hopefully we'll have some fun along the way and worst case scenario, at least you'll be invited to a really great party. Ultimately, we love independent music and we wanted an excuse to talk about it even more than we already do. We're going to try and understand what makes it all tick. So please do get in touch to tell us about the stupid mistakes we're making and the things you know that we don't. Now let's get on with episode one. Okay, so just to get everybody introduced, Rachel, what is the first festival you went to? Talk a bit about it. The first festival I went to was V Festival in Chelmsford. Oh, that's terrible. Up the road. Sorry. No. It's better better then, I think. It was, yeah, like V96 had the best uh, lineup, which I listened to from my back garden when I was about 10. Um, But yeah, we kind of went there from when we were quite young and the lineup was pretty good at the time um but i've since been to much better festivals who played who headlined when you were there um one year it was foo fighters another year it was red hot chili peppers yeah no that sounds cool Chemical like brothers yeah they both sound because i mean i think of the foo festival was like girls allowed that i think that was the, late, the later years before it kind of fell it, apart it petered wasn't it? out and then disappeared yeah it became very kind of poppy poppy r&b um, which is indie roots, which is fine, but it was a complete change of uh, change of direction, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Ross, what about you? Uh, Green Man with no, with Pez. Was it? Yeah. Really? We've never been to a festival before that. No. The Not whole like way through Leeds, uni. Reading. No. No. No, no. no friends. No. <laughs> Very much. I mean, in many ways, <laughs> changed my life. That, you didn't have that teenage like. Not at all. Dirty, I only really horrible festival experience. No, I've really only liked. Um, Football in my and football and Oasis in my team. Maybe we should years. do a football festival. Maybe we should do a football festival. Probably. Yeah, Walthamstow. That's, that's, that's a different podcast. Yeah. Um, um, so mine was Reading 2009. So I did have the full on dirty festival experience, as you describe it. Um, but actually, it was really easy. I had like a really easy festival. We had really good weather. We camped really like a really good, similar to our first Glastonbury experience, like a really really good spot didn't nobody tried to burn my tent nobody threw toilet roll at me none of those then I went in 2010 next year and I had all of those things happen at once (laughs) so it was terrible weather it was like knee deep in mud and we came back to our tent on the last night and it had basically been burned to the ground and there was toilet roll all over it so we went home so what about festivals is actually enjoyable because so I'm gonna I remember very specifically Glastonbury 2016 Possibly the least enjoyable festival of my life. Both our uh, lives? Most definitely. Yeah, it's in the top one. Mm, 2010 Reading was high up there for me. But I remember a particular moment. It was during ELO, 
they just played Mr. Blue Sky. It was pouring with rain. It poured all weekend. <laughs> it really did. And it was Sunday of Glastonbury, so it was bad times anyway. And I remember I went to the disgusting long drop toilets and I was sitting there watching it rain into my underwear. And I was like, why am I doing this? I, I could be at home. I could be at home in a perfectly pleasant toilet, not listening to a band I don't really care that much for on a Sunday, feeling hungover in the rain. So what about festivals is good? Why do we go? It's a good question. And there is, in <laughs> even in a great festival, <laughs> always Moments. at least a little bit when you do wonder if uh, you shouldn't be in Spain or somewhere like yeah. that. But do you think that's part of it? I think part of it is like when you get home afterwards, it's so nice. It's yeah. like it's almost... <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't think there's any other type of event holiday day out that kind of takes you away from day-to-day life as much as a, a festival mm-hmm. does and yeah there's there's almost always a few moments when it's just um completely forget about every everything else forget about work all of that stuff in there i don't get that at a beach or or whatever yeah it's harder to switch off and i think i mean part of that is the fact that they always have terrible phone signal like we complain, certainly <laughs> we complain about the lack of 4G, but it's nice sometimes to be able to say, oh, I couldn't get all my emails. I literally always put, I will not have any access to email <laughs> on the out of office during a festival weekend. But yeah, no, I completely agree. I was, I think it's kind of a bit like a medieval carnival vibe. Like, <laughs> right. Like with you can the, be a different, you dress differently. With jackets. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think they might have worn sequin jackets. Like, <laughs> and they wore masks, right? It's a similar thing. We wear, you know, you get your, it's got a sort of, to me, that's a carnivalesque experience. Like, I think that's part of it. Like, you get to be somebody different for the weekend and you don't have to think about your day-to-day because you can't. You can't access it. So, yeah, I think that's a huge part of, of why we do it. And I, I do feel like you don't, you don't have to be on show. You know, you're not on parade all the time, which even at, you know, at, at work with the best women in the world, you are you're always mm-hmm. performing to some extent. Yeah. Do you reckon they got their medieval masks on Etsy as well? Yeah, <laughs> probably. I mean, Etsy, is that what you get? Oh, Etsy, that's really, that's okay, I get mine from Amazon. That's too, yeah. Festivals. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I know, but you get glitter. You bought a sequin jacket from Glastonbury. I know what you're doing, but yeah. Rachel, what about you? What is it about festivals that you think, you know, you like? Um, I mean, number one, it's definitely the music. Like, I love going going to kind of gigs, seeing live music, um, and just like such a lovely space to kind of hang out with friends, family, um, and just kind of get away from everyday life. All you have to worry about is what I'm going to eat next, what I'm going to drink next, who am I going to see next. Nothing else really matters. And like you say, no phone signal, mainly me. I'm always getting lost. Um, so yeah, no phone signal, no contact with the outside world, which is a lovely break. Rachel does care more about food than most people at festivals. I will say that. But in terms of why we're starting our own, so, you know, people might think this is a bit of an insane idea. Like you can like festivals, you can go to festivals, but why do you have to start your own festival? Um... So, you know, what, again, what do you think? Well, I've been researching this a lot and everything points to it being a terrible idea. <laughs> um, I think I read one piece of research that said 20% of festivals went out of business in the last year. I think that was published by the Association of Independent Festivals, so probably a, a solid source. 
Um, there was a whole parliamentary inquiry about the struggles of the independent music industry. But I do think like the best independent festivals we've been to, they all sell out in, in plenty of time. And I think there's, there's definitely space in the market for more really good independent music. And I think it'll be really, really good fun to do. I just, I don't know. We'll, we'll soon find out if we can pull it up or not. Yeah, those are lovely altruistic reasons. I think the reason I want to do it is because I think we can do it better. Um, I've been to, you know, lots of smaller independent festivals. I went to one recently, just a very small independent, you know, weekend festival. It was great. It was so much fun. But the whole time I kept thinking, if I was doing this, I would do this. You know, I wouldn't have mm. it this way. Like, there's so many different things, right, that you think oh, that seems really simple to fix. And maybe it's not simple to fix. And maybe we'll find that out, why they do things the way they do. But I'd like to know because at least I can stop, you know, being so smug. <laughs> yeah, I think part of us wants to be punched in the face mm. by how hard it is. <laughs> the amount of time we walk around these festivals going, oh, that's weird. Why are there only seven toilets there? They clearly need nine. Don't get me sad on toilets. Toilets is oh, my no. favourite topic. Um, but yeah, it's like when you start watching the Olympics and you watch a, a, a really niche sport and then within about five minutes you're an expert so i'm sure we'll find this find curling gymnastics. curling gymnastics and boxing are the uh, mm. key armchair expert mm. sports i reckon i yeah no one's ever sat and watched someone on a beam without being like oh what are you doing <laughs> in reality like can you walk in a straight line not a lot of the time I kind of guess that leads on to the next thing. So what, most festivals have something that they do badly or that irritates you. So what is your pet peeve when it comes to festivals in general? I think the the biggest two... Well, well let's, let's go one each, one. I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, I, I think bad sound, and it's probably really hard to get right, I would think. Um, but if you look at um, the Woodsy's tent at... Glastonbury, formerly the uh, artist, formerly known as John Peel Sage. <laughs> Terrible name, Woodsies, by the way. Not that John Peel was necessarily the right one, but come on. Um, done a vote. The sound in that tent this year was unbelievably good. And there were a lot of bands in there that we saw that we've seen in tents at other festivals. Mm. Um, where the, And the di just the difference was unbelievable. So props to woodsies and they're probably very significant budget compared to most yeah. festivals <laughs> but um but at the same time the yeah noise quality normally in a tent but all noise bleed and a, an open stage the um self-esteem probably green man to the first person ever to get the whole crowd completely silent and all you could hear was uh, confidence man or whoever it was on in the uh, the tent at the same time i don't <laughs> think it true. was it might have been goat but I don't know, yeah. Goat versus self-esteem mashup. <laughs> no, it's interesting. Yeah, no, it sounds important. I mean, I don't know if you saw the reviews from All Points East for the Strokes I recently. Didn't. They were absolutely terrible um, because apparently people were just shouting, turn it up from the front because really? it was so poor, which is a thing with a London gig, right? You know, like if you have a festival in London, there's sound controls. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's a good one. What's your second one? You can do your second one. I don't mind. What was my second one? I've forgotten already. Okay, I'll do mine. Long bar queues, just unforgivable. Like, I'm sorry, yeah. you know everyone at a festival wants to have a drink. Like, it's so it's so annoying. Um, I went to see Pulp. It's not really a festival. It's like a mini, it was BST. Where did they play? British Summertime. Yeah, That's It's sort of a festival. Yeah, you know, is it a festival? Is it not? It's kind of blurred lines. Well, we should talk about what, what qualifies as a That's festival. That's true, yeah. But, so I saw Pulp there. 
the week after Glastonbury, I was so used to Glastonbury, which was incredibly well organized. Bars had no queues whatsoever. It was really great. Um, oh my goodness, it was unbelievable. Like a queue for, genuinely queue for the bar took 45 minutes. And I gave it all pointsies some credit there mm. uh, as a outdoor city festival compared to Hyde Park. Genuine, genuinely incredibly easy to get a drink at Yeah, We can talk about, I mean, prices, I'm prepared to like, you know, juries out because we haven't looked into what that would cost yet. And I fully accept that prices of everything has gone up over the last few years. Uh, but I think £7.50 for a small can of beer is daylight robbery. For a small can, yeah, mm. I think so. I think it's yeah. tough, isn't it? Because I don't think any of the food traders are getting rich off their, the fact no. that their food prices have gone up. And I think most, I was doing some research <laughs> i think festivals are running a margin of about eight or nine percent which is mm-hmm. not high mm-hmm. but um at the same time you're right most most festivals are running uh, beer at seven pounds a pint so 750 yeah. for a small can but i think if you that's fine if you're going to make alcohol so expensive that it makes your eyes bleed then at least let someone get it quickly so they can get the pain over and done with and they don't have to stare at the price board for half an hour. And cans as well. You don't have cans, to pour a can. Exactly. I mean, and if you have to pour, if you want to have pints poured, then have them pre-poured. Like it, everyone does that. You know, you just have to have like a, an area where you do that. It's, it's not that difficult. I don't think I say this with no experience or understanding of how you run a bar. Apart from like when I was a barmaid when I was 21 and I was terrible, terrible at it. So... Okay, uh, Ross, do you have any other pet peeves you want to share with um, you don't like? Bad loos and long queues. Oh, God. Two pet peeves, I guess. Sneak an extra one in. But basically, if you have good toilet or not bad toilets and you don't have to queue too much over the weekend, I think that makes an enormous difference. Do you know what's the revelation? Go on. Female urinals. A she-wee. I am fully signed up to those. They were went to festival this summer. They were there... It's just so much better. If you are listening to this and you are a girl, they're just like a potty. If you are already squatting on a toilet, which you are, sorry, mm. TMI, but you're not sitting on those toilet seats unless you've gone insane. You, it's the same thing. You just, you know, you just have to hold on to a pole whilst you do it. That's all, which is actually quite helpful. So yeah, 100% agree. It's so, mu- agree. it's so much better. So much quicker, easier. Better, open air, less smelly. Yeah, astounding it's taken us this long to come up with this, quite frankly. I know. And I think that's a good example of when we're there as punters, it's it feels so obvious. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fascinated to learn more about how this all gets done. And we know nothing. And let's be... Um, to be clear, we know absolutely nothing and we know nobody <laughs> in this industry. And so I think we thought it would be interesting to find out find out more. And mm. uh, just for for various reasons, I guess, to, to record it. Yeah. Record our journey. Festivals for idiots. <laughs> Festivals for dummies. I think the other thing um, I... That sort of motivates me to at least record our journey here for, <laughs> for our own use is I just the whole independent music industry seems to be in a an absolute mess mm. everything you read about it is is venues closing down festivals going bust there's a report apparently 20 percent of festivals have gone out of business in the last year I, I just think it's really really interesting um 
as an exercise that we could stand to lose a lot of money yeah. from and, and look really stupid. Um, but I, I do just, I think it would be, there is a place for really, really well-run independent music and independent events. And I think that there's a demand for it, most definitely. Um, so I'm kind of interested to just find out why it's so hard and... Yeah, maybe we're wrong and it's really easy and this whole podcast will be over really fast and we'll just run it in three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) But I went to, it's interesting actually, I went to uh, an independent uh, music festival on Friday night in Leicester. It was just in the city centre. It was free. You could just turn up and they had bands who agreed to play for free. Uh, And I spoke to one of the the band members then who's a friend of mine and said like, what makes a good festival from your perspective? And he basically said, we'll just play anywhere. We just like exposure. We just want to play to people. It was really busy. You know, I'm guessing the food vendors made some money there that night. Um, You know, it wasn't on lay. It didn't cause any disturbance to the city as far as I could tell. They had a few security guards knocking around, but it wasn't out of control. Um, I was only there on Friday, so maybe it went mental on Saturday, but you know, (laughs) I wasn't there to see that. Um, and I'm just thinking, you know, I think things like that, there's so much more place for that type of thing and letting those bands have an opportunity to, you know, to thrive because, like you say, it's so hard now to get any exposure in a sort of social media-focused world where if you're big already, you get bigger. But yeah. it's so hard to get that break in the first place. So, yeah. Um, and so it's so a good point, though. That was, a, I guess, a city centre kind of beer and music mm. festival. Um and we're going to look at all sorts of different types of events. Options, what are yeah. we? What do we think a festival is? That's a good point. Like, do it? Does it have to be a camping festival? Because when I was younger, festival meant camping. Like, you had to camp. Like, you had to go to Reading. You had to like have your stuff stolen. You have to have like some seventeen-year-old <laughs> boys destroy your tent. That was a festival. If you didn't do it, that wasn't you hadn't done it right. Um, but I, you know, day festivals are a huge thing now. Like, are we talking about? opportunities for camping yeah and i i mentioned the basically two bits of research i did preparing for this festival <laughs> one of them cited 900 festivals in the uk one of them cited 500 so i suspect there's not really a clear definition for me it probably needs to have more than a handful of bands on the lineup normally would have probably more than one location like more than one stage it doesn't have to be outdoors, but I think it needs to um, needs to be extended more than a, a gig with a couple mm, of support acts. More than one stage. Mm. That's interesting because I went to one the other day and it definitely didn't only had one stage. Yeah, so maybe not. So it had, but it had a whole lineup of bands that played all. Yeah, games, maybe so. it just needs to be extended more than like one one or two support acts. I think so. I think for me, a festival to call it a festival, and you don't have to call it a festival if you do this, but to call it a festival, you need more than three bands because three you just have a mm. support act yeah. and a mini support act, right? Yeah. That's it. So three bands, you can call it a festival. Ideally, you'd have a bit more going on than that, but some of them really don't. You got to start somewhere. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I think. I think for me, like when I think of a festival, I think of like the whole experience. So the camping. The, you know, the travel, the camping, being there for a few days. But there are a lot of day festivals, which have more than three bands. Um, and some, I guess some bands kind of put on a concert, which is almost a mini festival where they have like five, six bands. I remember going to see like, not the Robbie Williams's festival, but a Nebworth. He had many, he many support bands. He is a festival. He is a festival. <laughs> As a man. Um, yeah. And he had many support bands. And I was very hungover on that particular day. <laughs> but I did watch all of them, including Kelly Osborne, which was very bizarre, and Ash, who I've seen more times than I've 
anyone else that I've never booked a ticket to see. I think, you know, if there's music and there's more than one band, more than three bands, then it qualifies. <laughs> <laughs> three is just a gig. <laughs> yeah, a gig with two warm-ups, yeah. I don't know. I mean, there used to be Camden Crew in London. Camden and Crew was more fun, and more, yeah. Um, they call it Camden Rocks now, I think, don't they? Do they? Do they do it still? They've do done versions of it, yeah. More so just pubs and yeah, gigs and pubs. City centre ones and... Um, and I think some of those look really good. To be honest, I think the lineups and those are getting stronger and stronger. That's true. Um, I think we should look at various options. We can go like check them out and we'll see what we think. Like I still like the idea of like a contained area. I just think that's fun. Like I like to have a place with all my friends. Yeah. Where we're all in the same place. Like, you know, you're going to be able to find each other even if they're drunk a whole bag of <laughs> red wine and wandered off. Um, you still be able to find them and, you know, and you're going to have a good time. This is another. We do have very similar taste in music, actually, which is helpful for this. I don't think it's, I don't think it's identical, but I think that's good. I think we can we could definitely come to the festival with bands we liked. And who would be your ideal festival guest? That's a great question. My ideal. Why is it Taylor well, Swift? My ideal guest. <laughs> <laughs> no, not guest. Like, guest who, do you, who do I want to come to the festival? <laughs> who do I want to no, who do you want festival? to perform? Uh, I not someone dead. You can't have someone would, dead. That's a very good question. Just because I always look for them on every lineup, and I know they're never going to be there, um, the Decemberists probably. Oh, yeah. Do you know what? It would actually be a, for me an American band that don't play in the UK very often, because they've got yeah. such massive followings. Like you would never know, but somebody like um, Motion City Soundtrack or like Jack's yeah. Mannequin, like they're just they're huge, and they've got such a cult following in the UK. Like, I know because like, I'm into it, so I go every time they come <laughs> so over. You're on all the yeah. message boards. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and every time they come out with a tour, you look to see if they're playing, and any time they are, you go because they play like once every ten years. So that would be that would be like the number one. You want like a band that never play here, basically, um, or Taylor Swift. Or Taylor Swift because she sells out a thousand glances. But never mind. We're going to need a bigger field for our all. first festival if we're planning to get Taylor. Can you imagine if she just turned up? She does that sometimes <laughs> for like people's weddings and stuff, doesn't she? Taylor. Um, so this podcast over the next few months, what are we going to talk about? Well, first we need to figure out how to run a podcast because we don't. <laughs> we don't. We don't know how to start a festival, and we don't know how to start a podcast. No, um, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so I think we went straight in. <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start doing one thing you don't know how yeah. to do isn't enough. Um, well, I think we should do an episode on what we want out of our festival. I think we should spend some time on that. And then I think it'd be interesting to to stress test our ideas with some people who have been there and, and done yeah, it. Um, yeah, I think that's our first thought. We're going to try and get some different people involved, basically. So it's not just going to be us rambling, although there'll be a lot of us rambling. Um, but I think the idea would be that we would get some people that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> I say we don't no. know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the point, though. Um, so we'll get some people that we know of, get them involved, and say, you know, does this make sense? Um, is it a terrible idea? Should we just quit while we're ahead? We're not going to, because I have never been known to quit while I'm ahead. Small bands, I'd love to understand what makes a festival a good festival to play. They're definitely the big thing. I, w I think, for me, I would want to create something that everyone wants to play at not everyone no. but people want to go and play at because it's a good experience for exactly them. yeah well i asked the band at this weekend and they said just provide food actually <laughs> so that was easy <laughs> i can do that i mean not good food i can't cook but you know 
Like it's not going to be like Harissa baked aubergines, but I can do nachos. And have you fine. contacted Taylor Swift's management company yeah, to they find out what she food. likes yeah, to eat? Just likes. I said, oh god, <laughs> what does Taylor Swift like to eat? Macaroons. <laughs> Sorry, that's probably not true, but that seems. I think that's what she would like. All right, should we call it a wrap there on our first episode? Yay, we've made it to the end. Um, thank you for listening, and thank you for sticking with us till the end. What have we got coming up in the next few weeks, Ross? Well, I think we will cover our trip to Mutations Festival down in Brighton, see what we make of a multi-day indoor city festival. Um, We'll have to cover the looming Glastonbury ticket sales day, everybody's Ah. favourite day in the whole festival calendar. And, of course, we'll get our first guests on to the pod. Sounds good. Um, just a quick thank you before we go to at Tony Flags Music for the excellent music and our friend Glenn, who did the brilliant artwork. See you next time. Bye. Bye.